It seems to me there are two kinds of kids walking in this building. Stoop kids and corner kids. Excuse me? No, stoop kids. They're the ones that stay on the front steps when the parents tell them. The others go down to the corners. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You are tuned into the Stu Kids Podcast. You're kicking it with Kai. It's your boy, Ralphie. And we are back with another episode of After Hours. This week, we will be reviewing the highly anticipated Sopranos prequel, The Many Saints of Newark, currently streaming on HBO Max and in theaters in most places. I don't know. I don't go to the theaters that much anymore. But, uh, man, I, I've been waiting for this movie probably... I mean, anyone else this podcast knows I've been highly anticipating this movie probably since it was announced. I'm a huge Sopranos fan. Have watched it probably. I think I'm probably on like watch number like six honestly. of the whole show. Of the whole show. That's wild. But, but you know what it is. A lot of times too. Like I'll like I'll be bored and I'll find an episode of The Sopranos and I'll just like watch one. Like I'll watch Pine Barrens. But it's just so good that mm-hmm. I'll just watch every single episode from Pine Barrens on. And then yeah. before you know it, I've watched The Sopranos like a fifth time. Mm-hmm. Um, Many Saints of Newark is produced by David Chase, creator of the show. Written by David Chase. Also written by Lawrence Conner, who was a writer on a few episodes of Sopranos, as well as being directed by Alan Taylor, uh, who has directed many things for HBO, including Sopranos uh, and Game of Thrones and The Wire, if I'm not mistaken. Or, no, 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 sorry, sorry. Uh, Boardwalk Empire. And it stars... And the the worst Marvel movie ever. Oh, Thor The Dark World. Yeah. (laughs) Just want to point that out. Uh, and it stars Alessandro Nivola, Leslie jo- Leslie Odom Jr., John Bernthal, Corey Stroll, Michael Gandolfini. Ju- no, no, just Michael Gandolfini. Uh, Billy Magnuson and a bunch of other Italians. Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta. Is he Italian? Yeah. Hell yeah. And Vera Farmiga. Vera Farmiga. She definitely deserves to be mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so let's, I mean, let's skip around it. We've been waiting for this movie. We've been talking about it from the top of 2021. I think it was on our most anticipated movies list. Yeah. What did we think overall of The Many Saints of Newark? I'll start. I was definitely underwhelmed. Mm. Um, and I, I wasn't expecting it to be, like, amazing because it's not the same actors. Yeah. You know, I think that's what made the original. I mean, there's a lot of things that made the original series, like, classic. Um, classic. Yeah. Um, I was happy that David Chase was writing it. But and Alan, and Alan Taylor was directing. But as far as, like, the show and, like, I mean, as far as the characters and the actors, like, I would have loved the Tony Soprano sequel. Yeah. But uh, I'll get into that later. But yeah, I was overall, I was disappointed. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it pains me to say it. And I, let me preface this entire review by by saying Sopranos will forever be one of my top favorite shows. David Chase will always be a genius in my eyes for just what he created with that show. Mm-hmm. Nothing I'm about to say takes away from any any of that. Yeah. Because uh, I'm going to be kind of hard on this film. <laughs> But, Go for it, bro. Yeah, this movie was a massive letdown. It was a massive disappointment. It was. See, I didn't say massive. <laughs> it, 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 it was massive for me because just knowing the legacy of The Sopranos and just the quality of its writing and its character development, like it ushered in, an, in, in a new era of television. Like, mm-hmm. television, the landscape of what TV is now would not be if it wasn't for The Sopranos. Like, I don't even think we get. Game of Thrones. It's crazy. Like as far removed as that seems, like we wouldn't get Game of Thrones. Breaking I, Bad. Man, Breaking man. Bad. Like I think The Wire only got a shot because The Wire was being paid for by The Sopranos. 
Sopranos was making so much money, like, in subscriptions, mm-hmm. that they were able to, like, go off and make... The, no one was watching The Wire, people... But the channel was making so much money that they were like, nah, we'll, we'll let you get your, get your shit off with, you know, mm-hmm. 25,000 viewers a night or whatever. Yeah. Or, like, half a million a night or whatever low number they had. Um, but, but yeah, like, the, the legacy was too big for this movie to, like, fail... And, and, and I feel like it did. It, I feel like it faltered greatly, and I feel like this is not a movie that you can really even enjoy without watching The Sopranos because I feel like the best parts of the movie are elevated by The Sopranos. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, just that's where a movie falters. I was actually having a conversation with my pops, and I was like, you know why The Wrath of Khan is so great, uh, Star Trek yeah. too? Yeah. Because you never had to be, you never had to watch an episode of Star Trek to love that show. It enhanced it if you did, but like for a lot of people, that was probably their first Star Trek experience. Star Trek two thousand nine, like that was probably their first experience. You never had to see an episode or whatever. I still haven't watched the show. Yeah, and I love that yeah, movie. exactly. I I still have never watched an episode of any of the Star Trek, and I still love those films because they're just they stand alone in a vacuum as a great movie. Mm-hmm. Even the Force Awakens to a certain extent, like like yeah, it, it, you have those payoffs, but just it's a good three act structured movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what this needed to be, and it wasn't. Every great moment was elevated or undercut by the fact that, like, if you didn't watch Sopranos, you wouldn't get it. And those moments were very fleeting. Um, but I'll get into my negatives later. I, I do. Let's let's start on some positives. Uh-huh. Uh, what were the the best aspects of this film in your in your opinion? Because um, there I, were some. There were some performance wise. Yeah, I, I thought there was a lot. Uh, I loved Leslie Odom Jr. in this movie. Agree. Um, Alessandro Navoli. Am I pronouncing his name Nivola. right? I Nivola, I thought he did a great job as Dicky Moltisanti. I think he needs to be a star. He he's got it. Yeah, like, I I know he's the guy, the only thing I really know him from is uh, he was in he was in the Bernie Madoff movie, movie with uh, Robert De Niro mm-hmm. on HBO, which is really good. That's actually that was actually one of my favorite things that HBO like put out. Um, and he's the the fucking jerk off from Jurassic Park three. The douchebag that steals the uh, the raptor. You're eggs. right. Oh, he was, wow. probably, he, was probably in, he was probably in his twenties back then. He was young. Yeah. Oh, you're right. So, th- so wow. this guy, this guy's been at it, and yeah, I think he deserves to be like. I think he, with the right director, right writer, and the right movie, he can be. That's big. crazy. I didn't even realize that. Because because this guy's this guy's talented, and he has that. Like you know how you're just drawn to certain actors. Yeah. He he's got it. Like so, Hollywood should definitely be looking at this guy and trying to get him an Oscar. Because mm-hmm. I do think with the right movie, like. It could be him. That's wild. Yeah, and uh, and Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta yeah. did a great job. I mean, you know, as Hollywood Dick, he was a little over the top, whatever. Yeah. But once he was the other guy, I forgot the other guy's name, but the, you know, the his brother. brother in jail. Yeah. Top notch, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and not to mention, um, you know, the characters that we've seen before in The Sopranos, you know, now being recasted, John Bernthal, John Bernthal as Johnny Soprano, like. One of my favorite, like one of my favorite actors right now. I can honestly say, like John Bernthal is probably one of my favorite actors at this point. I was just watching Wolf of Wall Street the other day. It's like that guy makes the most of every single role. Like mm-hmm. once again, that magnetic presence. Like he he's there. He's got it. Um, Quick sidebar. Not that it's important. It has nothing to do with the movie. But I heard he's actually a really nice guy too. I, I've heard that too. I yeah. One of my friends met him and like straight up gentleman. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is crazy because he plays the fucking Punisher. And, yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. And, does, and it's scary, mm-hmm. terrifying. Um. Vera Farmiga, who I think is pretty right. much pretty much great in everything. Yeah. I was like, once once you get once you get, there's some people that you just cast and like they can't do a bad job no mm-hmm. matter what script they're given, just because like it's just in it's just in the face and the like in the movements and what they do. Um, 
And then, yeah, like you said, Leslie Odom Jr. was great. I, I, I like this movie's cinematic feel. From the mo- from the moment the movie starts. Because, you know, it, it can be difficult, you know, making that leap from television to TV. Because one thing I will say about The Sopranos for how, like, great it was, it never makes you, it never lets you forget that it's a TV show. Mm-hmm. Like, right. even, like, even from the first episode, like, the first episode, like, it, it looks like a TV show. Like, it doesn't look like, like, now we talk about how, like, the Marvel movies and Marvel shows, like, look like movies. It looked like a TV show. So, like, for them the for the movie to now come out and it look like a movie, yeah. which it, as it should, but, like, it, it was kind of jarring. And, and I thought that Alan Taylor or whoever the cinematographer was handled that well because I, I did like I did like the tone of the movie I did like the, like even the color scheme like it was a little dark at first but like once the co- like there's some it. there's some beautiful shots in this movie I liked it yeah yeah um and I mean I'd, I'd be remiss not to mention you know Michael Gandolfini I had my reservations about him playing Tony Soprano but look on your face I can see you probably disagree with me um but I, I liked him. I, I think he was used sparingly, and I think he was he was good in those in those rare moments. I think he didn't have enough time to really falter on screen. Mm-hmm. I think had I think they knew what they were doing by saying, "Hey, like let's not make this a Tony Soprano origin," because like had they did, I think we might have seen some cracks, and they didn't give him enough time to really like falter. So and, and in, in those short spans that he is there on screen, he did a good job, and I and I see his dad there, not just in the looks, but like there was. There's one scene in particular where I was like, ah, okay, that's the man that grows up to be Tony Soprano, mm-hmm. which 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 was good. Um, I I slightly disagree. Not not even disagree. It's just I had to um watch like videos on YouTube like to put it into perspective for me. Mm-hmm. He's not playing, and it's not his fault, but he's not playing. He's not playing Tony so- Tony Soprano from the Sopranos. Beat your he's, fucking head off. Right, he's playing yeah. a younger version. But like I, his it, it was his voice that was bothering me, bro. You know what? I feel it was a little high pitched for me. Mm. Well, Tony has a high pitched voice. It, it, and I don't know about that. Well, no, because no, um, there's one episode in particular. Um, it's the episode. I think it's like the first episode of season five. Mm-hmm. And he's like split from Carmela, and he's trying to like bag Melfi. Mm-hmm. And Melfi's like turning down his advances, and he turns into like this kind of like giggly, nervous kid. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "What? What you want me to say?" <laughs> like he like he talks like that, okay. and I and I kind of saw like that in it. So I was like, okay, you know, this is before he kind of found his balls, found his... Yeah. So he kind of... Yeah, so I, I do think it was kind of played into the fact that, like, this isn't Tony Tony Soprano. Like, it wasn't the Tony from the show, but it was disappointing. Like, that was disappointing, because, like, yeah. I, I wanted to see... But it's not his fault. To, you know, it, it's a tall order to have him try to imitate, I mean, not just Mike, uh, uh, James Gandolfini, but, like, just the character itself. Tony Soprano, yeah. He's the most iconic... One of the most iconic characters in TV history. I, I think I'm going to come out and say, like, I think Tony Soprano probably is the greatest te- television show portrayal of a character ever at this point. Yeah. Like, I think James Gandolfini gave, like, the greatest television performance ever as yeah, Tony we, Soprano. We might have to do an episode on that one. Oh, well, no, no, yeah, we will. We will. Yeah. Like, great television actors, but... Because mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think you put any... Like, of course, you have, like, rest in peace, uh, Michael K. Williams. Like, you have Omar, and you have... Um, Heisenberg. He didn't carry the show, like exactly, like right. Tony, like Tony Soprano couldn't miss an episode. Like Michael, like James Gandolfini could not not be in an episode. No, he couldn't. He couldn't. Even when he was in a coma, they were like, "Let's write some dream shit just right. so we can put him in the show, yeah. so he could be there." Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it, it was a really tall order, and it was all eyes on him. And I'm just glad that, like I said, he didn't like completely shit the bed because even in all the reviews, both no, he didn't. like positive and scathing, like no one was just like, "This kid sucks." Nah, he he didn't suck. Yeah, he didn't suck for sure. Yeah, um, 
All right, yeah, so I guess, is there anything else positive that we have? Oh, choice of music. I, I did like, David yeah. Chase is a, is, is a renowned, like, big music fan. Mm-hmm. Um, if you listen, if you watch Sopranos to, like, the end of the episode, he usually always picks all the music that plays at the end credits. Mm-hmm. It, it got to, it was nice to see those, like, his music taste, like, actually implemented in the film. Mm-hmm. Like, in the Sopranos, like, the music is usually, like, is usually, like, just in the background, like, or it's playing on the radio, like, you don't, there's never, like, a, there's no soundtrack to that show. So it was kind of cool that this movie had a soundtrack. It kind of gave it, like, a Scorsese feel a little bit. So I, I thought that was interesting. The time period, just, like... It was good. I was, I, was telling my, I was telling my pops, I was like, yo, in my opinion, the 1960s and 70s is the, are the two most interesting and grandular decades in of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. Just, like, with all the social and cultural changes that were going on, just, like, so many big things between... Vietnam, the integration of uh, the, the the inter the segregation and then desegregations of schools, the race relations, just everything that was happening in our country was like, you can't put a movie in this time period and it really be boring, right? Like you can't. Um. So yeah, th- th- those are things that I really did enjoy um, about the movie. You're I, I'm harp on your you know what you said. Cinematography was great in this movie. Mm-hmm. It was actually at times it's like, yo, why is the the nineteen sixties version of Newark or whatever look better than the one from two thousand? Yeah. <laughs> It does. No, it does. Um, I have the answer, but it's very long and drawn out, and we need another podcast. We don't need it. Yeah, yeah, we need to get into that. Um, a lot of political shit. It, it's not really a spoiler, but you know, get, just getting to the ending mm-hmm. um, when it's the, that's the the theme song slowly comes in as he's doing the pinky swear. I was like, yeah. oh, I got chills. I was like, oh, this is what I like. I, I'll get into that with my with my disappointments of the film. Disappointments. Yeah. Okay. I'll get into it. And uh, last but not least, um, the violence in the movie. That one particular torture scene with yeah. the uh, the drill, yeah. the guy's teeth, I was like, oof. Yeah, okay, yes. And Every- they showed it. I was like, oh, okay. that's crazy. Everything you're saying is great because now I feel like we can just get into the... the yeah, let's get into it. Negatives. Sure, why not? Every fucking great part of this movie, and I feel like I could say this with a lot of movies, are like undercut because like there's just... First of all, this movie's like four movies in one. I feel like this movie is trying to be or like was probably set out to be one movie and then marketing ended up turning it into like three. Mm-hmm. But then and then the writers had to kind of like catch up with catch up to it and try to fit it within this two hour um, runtime. First of all, this movie should not be two hours. This movie should be, yo, like Greg said, this movie should be two and a half damn near three hours for everything that it's setting up. Not saying that this movie needed to be three hours, but, like, for everything this movie setting up, I needed, like, two hours, 45 minutes type yeah. shit. It, it needed to be of epic proportions, and it wasn't. Because one, on one side of the spectrum, you have, you know, just a generic... You have your mob movie. Mm-hmm. You have your mob epic. Then you also have this movie about race relations and the blacks and Italians sharing this neighborhood. And then another, and then on another side, you have this uh, Tony Soprano origin story. And then on another side... Uh, you just have you also just like have a movie about the people of like the movie's called The Many Saints like the, a movie about n- just Newark like about the community you know well it's it's about the, the Montesantis, Montesantis. Yeah. yeah which I thought was cool I didn't know that's what Montesanti oh, meant yeah, yeah I was like yeah, oh, that's yeah. dope that was because cool. I remember back when the title was just called The Saints of Newark yeah and then they, they ended up changing it to The Many Saints which I'm mm-hmm. glad because it just sounds like a cooler title it's a cool title um, definitely yeah this movie tries to do too many things and then just as it's starting to do cool stuff, it always cuts away and does something else. Okay, yeah. And that's what and that's what pissed because it did it about like four or five times, and by the fourth time I was like pissed off. So it, like pacing was your issue. Yeah, the pa- yeah the pacing and it just it feels like there were just so many scenes cut out of this movie. It feels like an unfinished movie. 
I know there's a director's cut somewhere. I know there's a four-hour Zack Snyder-esque cut of this movie. I would I would vote for that. I and I would love that. to see it because yeah. I feel like a terrific there's a terrific movie out there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, like for example, it's just like the whole the whole marketing. And again, I'm gonna probably blame marketing more than uh, David Chase. But like the whole marketing of like who made Tony Soprano, Dickie and Tony Soprano share like three scenes together. Maybe more, but guess what? The scenes have no substance whatsoever, so it's nothing I should care about. Right, true. There's, there's nothing I really buy. Like, Tony idolizes this guy. You don't see them, like, playing together. You don't see, like, all right, yeah, he takes him to the boat where he brings his girlfriend or whatever. But it's mm-hmm. like, you don't hear the life lessons that he delivers him. It's just like, he does something for him. He tries to he gives him some speakers. He says, hey, don't steal. or And then he just stops talking to him. And, like, I, at no point did I ever feel that, like, Tony really... Tony and this guy really had a connection. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing was, you know, one of the most intriguing, like, aspects that really pulled me into, like, the idea of, like, this movie was we were going to get to see the Sopranos in full force. Like, one of the opening lines of the the pilot, you know, Tony talks to Melfi, it's like how he came in at the end. And the and the Sopranos show is really about the death of the, like, of the mafia as we know it. Mm-hmm. Um we're in the 70s. We're supposed to see the ma- the mafia at the height of its power. Like, they ran shit. I wanted to see, like, hang out with this with this DeMeo crew. Like, I wanted to see, like, Johnny Boy and and, and just see these guys hanging out in Saturday and what they talked about. Yeah. And, like, how they felt about, like, things that were going... And we never got any of that. Mm-mm. We don't even know how they, like, how they really felt about things. And I was, unfortunately, like... The cool thing about, like, The Sopranos was, like... In today's world, we're not going to get to see, like, no one's going to outmittedly admit that they're, like, a racist or that they're bigoted or, like, how they feel or how they really feel about blacks or right. gays or, mm-hmm. or trans people or anything. Like, just because you, you don't want to ostracize yourself. The Sopranos gave us a glimpse in how these people really thought, for better or worse. Yeah. And it was like, this would have been a perfect lens into, like, see how these Italians feel about black people living in the neighborhood. Like, there's that one scene where, like, Johnny comes home from jail and he's driving past a house and he sees a black family moving in mad and he gets pissed off but then, but then like that's it the movie never delves into that further mm-hmm. i wanted to see him like i wanted to see that be a big conversation round table discussion and maybe have somebody say well uh, i don't see what's the blacks had you know this and then slavery and oh fuck all they do is complain about slavery oh, i'm on me like yeah you know like and really see because that's how people thought and that's how people thought and behaved and we didn't get into that. Especially those kids. Like, I w- Paulie would have definitely said something like that. Exactly. Like, Paul, like these guys were like... And we get it. Like, these guys were racist because even when Leslie Odom Jr.'s character comes in and, like, they say some racist shit to him mm-hmm. or whatever. But it's like, they could have lead a lot more into that. Yeah. And again, like I said, I just think this movie didn't have the time. And I don't know. I, I don't want to... It's not for me to say, like... Uh, I don't want to speak on David Chase's abilities as a writer, but it's like... Is it because he's so accustomed to like having eighty-seven hours of television to tell a story that he's able to hit all those beats and then to kind of truncate that into two hours is hard? Because it is. Yeah. Because if you ask, personally, if you ask me and we're like Malik, I got a job for you. Do you want to be a Hollywood screenwriter? I mean, do you want to be a TV show writer? Do you want a TV show? Or do you want to do a movie? I pick the TV show seven days a week. It's easier. Yeah. It, it just I have as much time as I want to tell a story, whether it's one season, two seasons, eight seasons. Mm-hmm. He had to do this in two hours, and I feel like he was introducing stuff that just never gets followed up on. Yeah, um, and that even goes into the, the main crux of the film, which, which was another thing that was getting me hyped was the whole relationship between Leslie Odom Jr. and um, Dickie Moltisanti. Mm-hmm. 
there's something interesting there. There's a whole movie right there between this black guy that is working for the mob and is nothing but their lackey and they treat him like shit and they don't appreciate them, but he has a friendship with Dickie and then the changing times of the 1970s and this riot and race relations splits them apart and mm-hmm. and he's like, fuck that, I'm going solo mm-hmm. and is turning against Dickie. And now it's a cat and mouse game of them trying to kill each other. Yeah. That's some Oscar-level shit right there. And the movie doesn't follow up on it. To, like, almost a really disappointing conclusion. I agree. I agree. Um, to go back with your your pacing point, like, um, I thought the opening was too long. Like, mm. I, I thought we should have gotten more Michael Gandolfini. Like, he was just a kid for... I think that went on for, like, 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. I'm like, this is way too long. Yeah, I think on the 30-minute mark, he turned into an adult. And, you know, to go back again on your point, um, John Berthenau is a, is a great actor. Why don't we get more screen time? Wasted. Yeah. He's wasted. I, I think Vera Farmiga did a good job with the uh, the amount of time she had. Like, I thought that was fine. But, yeah. jo- like, Johnny Boy, I would have loved to have me, uh, met him more. Yeah. Because, like, he's, he's, he's in the show a little bit. Yeah. Talked well, about fairly, you know, a good amount of time. And, I, and, and like, I like what John Berthenau is doing with that performance. Yeah. It's like... Even, like, the little shit, like, when he's in jail and or, he, or he's in the courtroom, he's getting sentenced to prison, mm-hmm. and, and uh, Livia's crying, and he just does that eye, like, oh, jeez. Like, yeah. he just does it, like, get me out of here. And yeah. he turns, and he does it. And John Berthold does it in, like, most things. that He, he does that little shake, like, that's why he's like, yo, get me out of here. Yeah. It's just like, yo, this guy, like, you mean to tell me, like, Alan Taylor and, and, and uh, David Chase didn't, like, see this guy, like, during filming? was like, now nah, we gotta give this guy more stuff to do. Of he's course. killing it. Yeah. It's like... And I and this is obviously like a duh or like it would be so easy. I think if you get and this is a bit taller, but like I think if you give this movie to Martin Scorsese and you say it like, Shh. I know, I know, but I just have to. That's, do that's it. any movie. I know. <laughs> no, no, no. But this, but but this is his bread and butter. Yeah. Like if you give this to him and also swap out Lawrence Connor. Sorry, Lawrence Connor, you're a fantastic writer. Mm-hmm. All episodes you did. Swap him out for Terrence Winter. As writer, why wasn't Terrence Hunter part of this? I don't know. Yeah, that was the that was the one thing I was I was like, why is Terrence Winter? Because I, because he's busy. And he is a busy guy. Yeah. Uh, but like you you put you put Terrence you swap out them for Terrence Winter because like there's even lines in here where I'm just like, the the Sopranos did better than this. Like Sopranos is so fucking quotable. Mm-hmm. Like Terry Decorator. Yeah. Really, his house looked like it's funny. Like that move. Like that show is funny. And I was waiting for the dark comedy humor to come in, wasn't and, really it, and, it, and it wasn't here. Yeah. One line that really made me roll my eyes was the line where um, I think Joey Diaz's character is talking about. Uh, I'm just jumping around, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Joey Diaz's character is talking about uh, Dickie's uh, Gumar, mm-hmm. and he's just like, "I'd eat her shit," and I'm like, "Like the girl's so fine, I'd eat her shit," mm-hmm. and I'm just like, yeah, "That's the best you can do." Yeah. Really? Like, like I'm thinking back to like when Pussy would like talk about like like uh. Yeah, I eat her out when I was down there. Yeah. Like just being as gross as possible. I'm like, this, like the surprise was really like I would I would have loved to have been in that writers room because I I feel like they sat around and was like guys give me the most disgusting reviled disgusting things that you would never say outside this room mm-hmm. and they all wrote them down. I was like all right now let's take this 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 and let's get them in the script. Yeah, and I felt like they didn't do that. I was like I felt like they kind of pulled back on that. Um, do did we ever meet Jackie April in this movie? No, we don't. Like, I know. What I wanted to see, because I actually just watched one of the clips on YouTube recently, I wanted to see where he they rob uh, Feech Lamana's card uh, game. Card game. Yeah, 
thought that would have been part of the movie. Like that was a big talking point in the in the for seasons for seasons. Yeah, and and I thought that made Tony Soprano like yeah because that made him like well, put well, him on the map. Well, that, well, that's the crazy thing about the the movie is that they chose to focus on Tony's and and I use focus very lightly because the movie doesn't really focus in on anything. Mm-hmm. But like they chose to hone in on Tony during a teenager when nothing really interesting happens nothing. in his teenage life nothing. at all. Like, I don't he, even think... He we throws see... the, the stereos out the window. That's about yeah, it. Yeah, he gets angry and throws the stereos. Like, and the funny thing is, Michael Gandolfini's like 20-something. Yeah. Like, if you see interviews, he's got a full beard. He looks <laughs> like he could be a... Gr- so, they could have had Michael Gandolfini early, mid-20s, swagged out Tony Soprano, like, like getting his like getting his balls in the in, in yeah. the mob mm-hmm. and did the and did the robbery yeah and did like show his first kill and see how Dicky is there like kind of like guiding him on this because and also like here comes the part where I start rewriting the movie to me this movie should have been Dicky fighting over the soul of Tony Soprano with his father and that's how you give Johnny more screen time. Yeah. You give Dicky Montesanti as the protagonist two antagonists. You give him uh you give him Johnny Boy who's trying to wrestle like wrestle his son away and cuz remember Johnny didn't really want this life for Tony. Right. He he told him yo don't gamble, you know, don't he remember when he cuts off Saturate, don't come in here or whatever like he he didn't want that for him. And then also the whole thing with Leslie Odom Jr. Mhm. And he's like kind of like, and then I I think at that point then you also feel for 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 Dickie and there's more tension because now this is a character that's in a literal box. He's yeah. got issues within the family and outside the family. That's fucking him up. Mm-hmm. And then he's kind of going to Ray Liotta's character is kind of like he's kind of like the Doctor Melfi Doctor yes character, yes. like giving him the guy. I like that part of the movie too. I I did. Yeah. And I, and that was another thing. Like I wanted more of that. Like it would have been great if we would have seen him those two characters interact. Mm-hmm. And also, for the Sopranos, and like I know you, you, you mentioned the violence. This sounds sick. I needed more violence, man. Because when it, I agree. Because when it got, yeah, yeah, when yeah. it got visceral, that was those were the only points in the movie where I was starting to really feel something, mm-hmm. and then it didn't follow up. Like when he kills his father, is it's a visceral moment, and yeah. that was, and that was the, fr- and I think that's probably like what, like 10, 15 minutes in the movie. Mm-hmm. That's when I started to like actually pay attention because I was sitting there like, like this, like okay, oh, it's a cute cameo. Oh, it's Janice. Oh, look a pussy. Mm-hmm. Like. And then he starts bashing his father's head, and I'm like, and it like immediately I was like tuned out. Like, oh shit! Yeah. And then again, like I was starting to drift off. Torture scene happens, and I'm like, okay, okay. And then I'm starting to drift off again, and then the uh, the uh, the shootout happens, mm-hmm. which that's the moment that pissed me off Why? because I loved that fucking shootout. That shootout was fantastic. I was about to say, like, that was a good part of the movie. No, but then like it just stops it just ends and mm-hmm. it jumps to another scene why doesn't why isn't there not a follow-up scene where where uh where where they all reconvene at satrialities and they covered in blood and they're just coming down and like fucking niggas man we gotta go back at them da, da, da. and and there's this argument it's like yo they just shot at us and we start to see like some like some disagreements and it's like and johnny boy's like you see the shit that you that you've gotten us into dicky what the fuck is going on and mm-hmm. and getting that feeling that you know dicky could get it from both both ends, either from within the family or from, uh, I keep saying Leslie Odom, uh, Harold's character. That that was Leslie Odom Jr.'s character. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It just it just they were like, all right, and next, and now I know you just got shot at, but now you're on vacation with your girlfriend at the shore. <laughs> like <sighs> another negative for me. Um, this is just very particular, but John McGarrow as Silvio Dante. 
miscast. Yeah. Miscast. It, it, it was more of a, a parody. It was, like you said, it was an SNL skit. It just, it was too much. It's too much. Steven Van Zant wasn't like that. Like I, I still watch. Like I don't, I don't rewatch the whole series. Like yeah, it's on YouTube. You watch I watch clips. Yeah, he's not that eccentric. He's not. He's really not. He's not at all. And he has his quirks, hundred percent. But yeah. he's not that eccentric. Yeah. And like the way he walks, he was just doing. He was. He's just doing, doing just with his hands. Yeah. He's, he's like, doing too and much. I'm like, he, and that's why I was like, was Steven Van Zant on set? Because if I was Steven Van Zant, I'm like, yo, I don't do that. Like I know I do that a little bit, but it's like, yo, you're doing. Uh, you're doing a caricature of me. Yeah. Like, that's not me. And there's no way he walked like that 30 years ago. Exactly. He's an old fucking man now. Right. That's yeah. why he walks like that. Yeah. <laughs> they find the hairpiece part funny. It was it was a funny gag. It was yeah. a funny visual gag. Because I know we talked about I never noticed he was wearing a hairpiece. Oh, never? <laughs> never. <laughs> I never realized he was wearing a hairpiece. Oh, 100%. 100%. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I liked Paulie. Let's see more of him. He has two lines. Yeah, he's he, just, he deserved because the actor that played him. Uh, let me see, let me see, let me see. Uh, Billy Magnuson. Yeah, he's he did a good job. Yeah, he looks like him. I like the little thing he does with Pinky. And then they, they I think they get added a prosthetic to his nose. Yeah, it, it looked good. Yeah, but that's what I was saying. I think that all comes into the fact that like we didn't really get to see the Soprano family, and I know people are gonna be like, "Oh, boy, if you want to see the Soprano family, go watch Sopranos." Again. No, that's not no, the point. No, I want to see Soprano families in the nineteen seventies as young guys. Yeah, and also the the. the the timing is... I'm a little confused by the timing because I thought Silvio and Tony are not that apart in age. That, no, that's another thing that confused me. That confused me because he's always said like they came up together. They were in the same crew. It was right. him, Silvio, Jackie, and Ralph. So what would this fucking 30-year-old balding man be in the doing with a crew of 20-year-olds? Right. It, it, if anything... Because Paulie was with his dad. Like The Paulie thing lines up. He doesn't really line up. That confused me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, and it, what's shocking to me about that is that like it's not like someone took the uh, Sopranos material and made their own story. This is David Chase, the guy who actually made it, made that continuity error. I, I, to me, it's a continuity error. Yeah, um, it's not like like for example, like when uh, when Dragon Ball uh, GT was not done by Akira Toriyama. It's not. It's not canon. It's not canon. It didn't make sense. Yeah, this is canon, and clearly there's something like there was a miscommunication. Yeah. Which is which is funny. That leads to my other like my grand problem with this movie this doesn't feel like it was made by the creator of the sopranos it doesn't and it, it's terrible it it feels like it was made by like a very big sopranos fan that just like needed to watch the show one more time mm-hmm. and that's that's egregious for me to say like as the man coming that this came from the man that created the sopranos and that's what i give it yeah. like because like i would i would give this movie a lot more like if you told me this was like an unauthorized uh film made by like a bunch of people that really want that just put pulled their money and put millions of dollars into it and made a Sopranos movie right I'm gonna fuck around and give this like an A like just just for the effort mm-hmm. but like for a guy that has spent you know over a decade with this show and these are his characters and this is his baby and this is what people will know him for forever like come on fuck mm-hmm. I agree with you and, and overall to my biggest part my problem with the movie it's not about anything Yes. It's not about it's anything. Not even, it, it it starts off like it is, but it's not. It's it, it's about so many things that it doesn't focus on that it just ends up being about nothing. And I don't know, I, I don't know if this is the movie's fault. I don't know if this is an HBO Max thing, but I find that a lot of the movies that I'm watching HBO Max, I'm getting bored, bro. Yeah. I agree. Like halfway through I'm just like, fuck. Yo, like, like so what, let me pause this and go do something else. Yeah, but the and the crazy thing about that is like the movie the one movie that I like fucking love that was an HBO Max exclusive I ended up seeing in theaters. 
which was Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad. Yes, yes. Which I think has the, been the best HBO, HBO Max thing. Oh, sorry, sorry. Juice and the Black Messiah. That was also... They, they're both good. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah, both yeah. good. Um, no, but I was... Juice and the Black Messiah is the only like legitimate like good thing I watched on HBO Max first. And it was like, oh, I this shit's dope. Okay, I got you, I got you. Because even Suicide Squad, I watched it in theaters first. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, I, I agree. It's like... And it's got me kind of concerned. Like, did HBO Max jinx all these movies? Like, is Doom going to be jinxed? The little things are like, boring. Wonder Woman, boring. Bo- yeah. What was the other one? There was one more I think I'm missing. I don't know, bro. Was, but I was just like, this is fucking boring, bro. Yeah, I was... I'm like, and I'm imagining, like, all right, what if HBO Max didn't exist and I went to the movie theaters? How would I feel about this That's movie? That's how I feel. I'm like, maybe... Because, like, yo, I'm, I don't know, but I don't know how you have it set up. I'm watching it in bed. Like I'm laying down, oh, I'm in, very comfortable. Oh no, I'm 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 in the living room on the couch, lights off, yeah. popcorn. Like I'm tr- like I'm treating it as a movie yeah, theater experience, yeah. and I'm just like, what the fuck? And you know what? I, and, and and it is a weird experiment because maybe there is something to all these filmmakers being upset about their movies going straight to streaming. Maybe hundred percent actually. Yeah, like yeah, maybe it really does. Because you know what? I'm also thinking now. Like we saw, uh, uh, part two, part two, a uh, quiet place, part two in theaters. Yes, I had it. I really enjoyed it. I had a. I would say mm-hmm. that I. I love my experience in that movie. Would I feel that same way if that was on HBO Max? Would I be oh. like, oh, what the fuck? I got something better to do. Is 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 there something about being locked into a theater for two and a half hours, can't go nowhere except the bathroom, but you really don't want to do that? Literally about that kind of like psychological that tricks your brain into like, yo, this movie is the shit. Even, or even, better. even watching a movie at home, like, I don't know about you, in movie theaters, I don't, I'm barely on my phone. Not yeah. even, no, not I'm, not on, I'm not on my phone I'm not on my phone I'm not texting, I'm nothing. Yeah. When I'm at home, I'm like, fuck it, someone texting, let me answer this while the phone, the, when the movie's on, there's yeah. no one else is going to get mad at me, it's my theater. It's yeah. my, I'm, I'm in the crib. No, yeah, yeah, you're right. No, yeah, there might be something about, because like, the next, the next there's too many distractions is the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, and the next big experiment for me is Dune. Well, I'm going to theaters to watch that. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm probably so, gonna make that. A, that's how it should be watched. Right. I would imagine. No, but that's what David Chase was saying. Like this movie was made. He was pissed about this going to streaming. Okay, but movie's not that great. <laughs> so be, be, be mad at yourself. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we we haven't we haven't spoken about um another plot point of the, oh sorry let me get back around to the, what you were saying about the movies about nothing. You know what what I feel like this Seinfeld movie, episode. No, you know <laughs> you know what this movie feels like. I'm sure you have. You ever been around like a drunk person that's getting a little bit too deep and they start talking about yes. mad shit? <laughs> yes. And in, in, and in them trying to talk about uh, mad shit, it's all these half-baked thoughts that lead nowhere so they're just talking about nothing. They're just rambling. Yeah, so they're talking about politics, their love life, the meaning of life, uh, uh, and the environment all in the same yeah. conversation and it just means nothing because you're not actually concluding <laughs> or leading anywhere. Yeah. That's what, this movie is a drunk, drunk man <laughs> rambling at, at the bar. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. It, but like I said, there's a good movie in here. I, I think you're right. I think the, the longer version of this movie is probably superior. Yeah. I'm, I'm quite sure it's superior. Yeah. Um, Because like I said, for the exception of Silvio, who I'm sorry, he's just a, a piss poor performance. I'm sorry. That act, I'm sure you're good, just not in this role. He is good because he's in Suicide Squad. Is he? That's the same guy who plays Polka Dot Man, if I'm not mistaken. Let me see. Hold on. I could no, be, no, no, no. I no, could no. be wrong. I could be wrong. I know I know who that kid is. Um, Oh, he looks like him. He just looks like him. Yeah. Um, he's from Umbrella Academy. Okay. Um, but the performances are great. Like, the performances are good. Like, like I said, Alessandro Nivola needs to be a star. John Bernthal, who I already think is a star, like, needs to he be is a, a star. Yeah. yeah, who needs to be a bigger star. Vera Famiga, already a star. Like, mm-hmm. 
uh, Ray Liotta, star. Like, everyone's giving their all with the script, and I feel like they really all... Even, like I said, I like Michael Gandolfini. He doesn't pull me out of the movie at any point. He doesn't. He doesn't. But it's just just not... The story's not there. The story, yeah. It's not compelling. Yeah, the story's just not there. And then, like I said, there are a few cool shots, but then there's just not, like, cinema... Like, I needed some one takes or something like Mm -hmm. that. To me, the most gorgeous shot in the film is... (laughs) Like I said, it's the badass scene, best part of the movie, in my opinion. When they... Bust in when uh, Harold busts in the the door and, and the flames are behind him. Yeah, that's cool. And I'm like, that's not, like that's 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 the money shot right there. Mm-hmm. But then like that scene just ends. He just first of all he just walks away. Cause you could do that. Yeah, he just, just walk away, away from the yeah. crime. Yeah. Okay, you just took down like this guy's. First of all, like this is a black man killing gangsters, like in an Italian neighborhood. In an Italian neighborhood, he got smoked. <laughs> And hung. No, but the <laughs> fact that he has the balls to do that, my my energy, oh yeah, 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 my energies are. I'm like, yo, this man's my hero. Like yeah. right now, like in, just in the, just in the case of this, um, but yeah, like to me, the 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 scene had no climactic, had no climax. Really. Right. Um. Also, let's talk about Uncle June, who is arguably one of the best characters of the Corey Stall. Yeah. Of the, of the of the series, one of the funniest characters. You know, what if Mister Magoo was a was a ruthless gangster, uh-huh. basically. Uh-huh. And he gets turned into a fucking punchline and Easter egg machine. Yes, I was that one. Jo- so we're, we're going to talk about the same joke here. Yeah. The uh, he didn't have the makings the of a varsity, varsity, varsity athlete. athlete. It was forced. It made me, it made me remind. It was hundred percent forced. Actually, I actually wish that they didn't say that. I actually wish that they didn't use it. No, no, no. I was happy to hear it. Like you know, it did bring a smile to my face. But I'm like, you. We could have done this a little better. It could have been. It could have been implemented better. Like. They could have gotten into like a little argument, and he's just like, "Well, he's like," and he's like, "Well, yeah, that's why you didn't have the mar- makings of a varsity acid. Because mm-hmm. you've like the one of the great things about the Sopranos TV show was that no matter if you're in the mob or not, which none of us are, there's a point in that show where you can point at the screen and be like, "I can relate to that." Yes, like in the the whole family aspect, mm-hmm. like sitting around a table, having so yeah, like you, we've all been around a table and had a family member say something hurtful to us in the in the heat of the moment or whatever. And they didn't use it like that. They just was like, oh, they're gonna like they just just sitting at the keyboard like, oh, they're gonna love this one. <laughs> it was a wink at the camera. It was yeah. a wink at the fans. Uh, and that was you know another one that I had with that was uh you know when Johnny pulls out his gun and he shoots it through Livia's hair because mm-hmm. she's talking too much, which was funny because you know that's a story that they tell in in the Sopranos. But it's like that scene was just in there. Other than that, it was pointless. It didn't serve the story mm-hmm. at all. Like and. I feel like we always bring things back to the MCU, but I'm going to bring it back to the MCU. Endgame. Endgame is three hours of Easter eggs and callbacks, but it serves the story. And it's well executed. And it's well executed. Every single callback, like they rewarded you for watching 22 movies, but implemented them in the way that served the story. Mm-hmm. Like, so we got little callbacks and fun shit, but also the, the story kept moving. There are scenes where this the movie stops to make a Sopranos reference. And... I, I, I guess we can just get into the the ending right now. Yeah. What the fuck? Well, all right. So what 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 point are you talking about? You talking about like in the? I'm talking about Uncle Junior killing Dicky Moltisanti or ordering the hit. Yeah. Because he laughed at him when he fucking fell. Yeah. He. Well, I interpreted it, it was years of probably Dicky just like undermining. We didn't see that. But this is my. You're right. You're oh, yeah, right. You're hundred percent right. But this is my guess. I'm because. 
it doesn't. You're right. It doesn't make sense for him to just get mad at him laughing at him and one kill time. Kill a main guy. Yeah, and kill a main guy. Um, it doesn't make sense for him to get that mad over it. Like, yes, we know that uh, Junior is insecure on the show. Like that. That's a known thing. Um, but it didn't make sense for him to get mad about one little incident. It had to have been years and years and years of just frustration. It's like you know what? Fuck this guy. That was that was the the, yeah. the last straw. But and and that's where I was and that's where I was saying like rewriting this like rewriting this movie is like. There's a way to tell that story. There's a way, like, and I said the whole, the whole thing. Like, I would have liked it. It would have been such a cool twist if, like, through all this infighting with with all this fighting between the blacks and it, like, Harold is giving him so much shit. Like, they're at war. People are dying, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, "Yo, Dicky, like, let it the fuck go." Yeah. And he's just like, "Nah, like, this guy used to be my fucking friend, and he thinks who the fuck does he think he is?" And mm-hmm. da, da, da. and the Sopranos were the ones to take him out, and then rewrote history for Tony to make it seem like this other cop or whatever ended up killing him yeah it just to be like oh no it, was, it, it, it turned it was it was a troll it was a troll it felt like a troll maybe i missed something but what happens to harold at the end of the movie nothing nothing right nothing. okay I thought, I, think, I thought i was bugging out he, i think he goes down south for something no he moves into newark the last scene of him is just moving his how does no one smoke into someone he had to be killed at some point i don't know and, and, and you know what the the show did this a lot where the show would bring up plots and just drop them. Melf- the Czechoslovakian. The Czechoslovakian. The Russian. <laughs> the Russian. The Russian. Uh, Meadows. I mean, not Meadows. Um, Melfi's sexual assault. Like, yeah. there were so And at the end of the day, the show, what David Chase was trying to say was like, yo, at the end of the day, it's not about that. Mm-hmm. It's about, it's not about these other, it's not about the plot line. It's about Tony. But at the end of the day, you have that luxury because you have 87 hours. I was about to say, movies are different. Movies are different. You can't have plot holes like you that. Can't have, you can't have lingering plot lines. you got to wrap things up. You can have an ambiguous ending. That's different. Like, conceptually, that's yes, different. Yes, yes, yes. You can't have plot holes just lingering in the air. Mm-hmm. It's a different audience you're talking about. And also, you might not get a second shot. When you're talking about Sopranos, you there's always a second shot. Like, there'll always be another episode. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you can't just... Uh, let it let, let it linger like that, because this movie this movie is probably not going to get a sequel. Uh, it, it might, might. It might. It might. Because you know, before, I'll, I'll get to that point one second. I wish the guy that would have killed Dicky was somebody of importance. Yes, it's fucking nobody. Yeah. What I would have liked to see, because I think would have been cool, um, Bobby Bacala's dad. Yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah, and it makes sense that in the future his son now works for Junior. Yeah. That would have been cool. Oh, yeah, that would have been a whole... Yeah. That would have been great, because his dad was a killer back in the day. He still yeah. was back in the show. Yeah, not a cold, killer. Yeah, he was not a killer. I thought that would have been a cool twist. Um, Not a cool twist, but like a cool wrinkle into the story. Yeah. It would have made a lot more sense for the future show. Um, But going back to what you said as far as the sequel is concerned, I think it can happen. Um, But it, it, at that point, and this is an obvious thing, but it's Michael Gandolfini. Michael Gandolfini. Yeah, story. has to be the... And to me... That, and that'll be the real prequel to Tony Soprano. Yeah. Which is what I didn't want. When I heard this movie was coming out, what I wanted was, you know, the story be about... Dick- like, we got... Like I said, we got 87 hours of... We got 10 years, a decade mm-hmm. of James Gandolfini in the most interesting aspect of his life, this yeah. family man on a decline. Mm-hmm. I don't really care to see, like, his... There's some things that just deserve to stay a myth. Right. Like, and I think we see that in, like, Star Wars Solo. Like, Han Solo was cool as an adult, man. <laughs> we, yeah, need yeah. To, we need to see how he got the jacket and gun and shit. Like, but it's different that they talk about it. 
they talk about it open like what he did how the old days were like i know han mentioned the uh the kessel run that was yeah. about it that's all we know so we didn't really need a prequel to that i would like to see and plus we have like the actor's son who's not terrible as tony soprano yeah i think it would be interesting i would not as far as like a full production movie mm. you get a tv movie like uh like deadwood like i, I never watched seen the movie deadwood yeah. but they made a, a tv movie for it mm-hmm. i think something like that would be cool for michael gandafini to do okay Written by David Chase, of course. Hopefully directed by, like, either David Chase himself. Maybe Buscemi comes back and does yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think, I also think David Chase should have probably directed this himself. He, he should have. He, he directed have. the pilot. He directed the finale. Both yeah. great episodes. He of should have. Television. And bring back Terrence Winter, of course. Yeah, Terrence Winter's writer. This should have been a miniseries. I've seen that a lot. This should have been a miniseries. This should have been... Six episodes. Six maybe. episodes. Maybe ten. Maybe ten is a lot. But if you're going to be talking about it spanning over de- spanning over a decade, don't get me wrong. I'd watch every episode. Yeah, <laughs> don't don't get me wrong. No, but, but I think for the story it told, like oh six yeah, yeah, because yeah. you know I'm thinking like True Detective. That's like six episodes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or, yeah. Six yeah, episodes. You're right. Yeah, like six episodes, and then you have all the time in the world. Then you can get into his relationship with all these different people because, like I said, all these characters are just doing the best. I mean, all these actors are doing the best they can with the material that they and they don't have that much material to work with yeah which is why i have to give the actors the highest like credit and it's like i wanted to see more of these guys like i was so pissed when he i was i was actually hoping that dicky multisanti wouldn't die in this movie in hopes that we would get a like a sequel i agree that he that he lived yeah and it's like oh, that was that was it like and and i felt like i didn't know him the way he died is just so anti it's so stupid yeah uh, let's talk about his girlfriend and just to you know Lead, lead this to the conclusion yeah um, first I want to say she yeah. did a great job see I was I didn't want to start with that yes she's I very, know that's what you were getting at though that's I know not you. true that's I not know true you. I know no, you no no I thought she I thought she did a great job as, as an actress yeah and secondly she's absolutely gorgeous <laughs> <laughs> she was so beautiful okay the the second I I, I, I I watched her I was like whoa pause it let me google this is worth killing your father no I wouldn't say that <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't say that I like my dad <laughs> he clearly didn't yeah Um, his dad was a dick actually he was did you get that little callback kicking her down the stairs? Was like when uh, Janice kicked Ralphie down the stairs. No, but yeah, you're right. That was that was, that was what that was paying homage to. Mm-hmm. But um, nah, she she and she did a good job, and of course, just absolutely beautiful. Yeah, very beautiful. Um, she kind of looked like Meadow. Yeah, like as Meadow got older. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah. Um. I thought she was good. Oh, again, undercooked. It's like. I didn't get a few. I didn't believe that these two fell in love. It was like it was forced. I agree. She looked at him. She gave him that like side eye look in the in the funeral home, and then from there it was just like, all right, I guess we're a couple now. Mm-hmm. And also, no one had anything to say about him taking his dad's wife. No one in the family. No. This is all stuff that like I feel like would have been like in the miniseries or in the fucking four hour cut of this movie. Like, yo, like, what are you? Hey kid, get over here. Did you have anything to do with your father? Because all of a sudden, no, like, no, 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 no. All of, you know, because you're fucking a stepmother, and I find that kind of weird. Yeah. You guys took no time at all. Right. I, I just saw you guys sneak out of the out of the fucking funeral hall, hall <laughs> and go into the bathroom. Like, what's happening? Yeah. Like, it, yeah, it, it, it was weird. I have to talk about her death scene because it's stupid. Sorry, it's stupid. What? Well, I- it's stupid. Why? It's stupid. Why? Because they're having this great, fantastic... Th- First of all, she just starts fucking Harold. Out of nowhere. 
They'd never. I think they looked at each other again. The same thing that happened with her and Dicky happened with him and her and Harold. She saw him once and was like, ah, "I want that guy." No, she gets she gets around, bro. Hey, more power to her. She wants like, to try a black dude. More power to her. But <laughs> uh, give me a conversation or something. Like all of all of Tony's all of Tony's relationships in the show that you know deserve some note. Like him and Gloria, not Gloria. Is it Gloria? Gloria the I forgot the crazy the, one. The Gomez that he had. I think it's Gloria. Sure. Yeah, yeah, Gloria Trillo, Gloria Trillo. Okay. Um, they all started on some type of basis, like, and again, you know, you have eighty-seven hours to tell a story, but like, they all started somewhere. Like, you could get into it, and they would like have a conversation, flirty words, and then you could buy like, okay, they they started sleeping together or yeah. whatever. This, I, all I got was looks. That's why when she when I found out she was sleeping with Harold, I was like, where the fuck did this come from? Did, did she was doing it because she was actually attracted to him? Was she doing it to hurt Dicky? Like, did she even know that they were trying to kill each other? Like, there was there was none of that. Yeah. You know, it, which kind of... And it made for a love triangle that they didn't even know existed and, like, one that also had no tension. Like, I think back to The Departed when Vera Farmiga, uh, another great role, <laughs> is sleeping with both Matt Damon and Leonardo DiCaprio. You're like, oh, shit, because... No one involved even knows what they're doing. Yeah. Because they don't even know that they, they don't even know that they know each other. Yeah. So like there's a lot there's a lot more tension like about them finding out. Here it was just like they all know what they're doing. They all know like she knows what's at risk. She knows her her boyfriend will fucking murder him or wants to murder him. She knows Harold like she knows what's at risk. Yeah. And they're having a great time on the shore or whatever, which was again just a scene that just happened. There was no anticipation. No one talked about it. She never talked about. Oh, you know, in Italy, I love to go to the water, and he's like, "Well, what day are they?" It's a great water. Italian accent. Thank you. Uh, my girlfriend probably hate it, but um, yeah, they just end up at the shore, and she just confesses, and then he murders her, and I didn't care. You, I, you get the the. the I'm not justifying him killing her, but like from an no, Italian get, mobster, like no, no, I no, understand. I, no, I get why he kills her. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, I don't care because it comes out of like you deserve to kind of die because like you just admitted to this psychopath that you slept with for no reason. Oh, you, oh, you didn't feel bad for her. I didn't feel bad for her. Yeah, because she could have just she could have just said nothing. Said nothing. Yeah. As opposed to like, I think back to I'm gonna just keep going back to the Sopranos because it's just too easy. It's Go for it, the show's man. too immaculate. Like you go back to White Caps. Where Carmela was having this, you know, crush or whatever feelings for Furio, yeah. and she, they get into this huge fu- explosive fight. She gets into this huge explosive fight with, with Tony, and she's like, "I gotta hurt this man right now. What's the one thing I can say that will hurt him to mm-hmm. his core?" Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to throw Furio under the bus. She probably understands that that's putting both her life and his life in danger. But she's like, "I don't give a fuck. I need to hurt this man right now." And she pulls that card. Yeah. And it's such a great human moment because. We've all been there. Like, again, we've all been there where we just, like, someone's pissing you off and you just want to pull out that one thing that's like, yo, I want to, that one trump card that's like, yo, this will destroy your life. Yeah. And it, you buy it and it makes sense. Here she brings it up for no reason. Have them get into an argument first. Have them get into this big fight or whatever. It's like, you told me, you promised me all, me, promised me all these things. And then it's like, ah, oh, fuck it. If it wasn't for me, you'd just be another whore in, in America or whatever. And she's like, well... Harold promised me this. Mm. What? Yeah. And you add, right there, you automatically add more tension into the, and then you're like, all right, well, how's he going to react? Tony just punched a hole in the wall. He starts grabbing her, stop it. And then before you know it, he just got homegirl in the ocean. And you're like, oh my God, is he going to kill her? Yeah. And he does. And that's a huge character moment for him because now he's cold. Mm-hmm. Now there's nothing left in his life. And then at that point, then, then even more so, I buy him really cutting Tony out of his life. Yeah. Which is, again, happens because somebody tells him to. 
A nigga in jail tells him no. Doesn't even question it. Doesn't question it. Okay. He just goes, what? Makes, <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. It, uh, uh, again, I'll, I'll go as far as saying this. There's a masterpiece in this somewhere. Wow. That's a strong word. There's a masterpiece. There's, 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 there's a sprawling... Mob epic in here. Mm-hmm. It has all the DNAs. How I was talking about Spectre. How Spectre has all the right ingredients. It's just not cooked right. Yeah. Which I actually just watched Spectre again. Uh, I gotta watch ago. it today. Um, it, it, it's it's not it's not a bad movie. It's not. It's not a bad movie at all. Anyway, um, it, it, there's there's great there's great actors. There's great cinematography. Mm-hmm. There's great directing. The writing the writing just needs to be there more. Uh, get rid of Silvio's actor and just. <clears throat> Put somebody in that can just put in fucking. I'm sure Stephen Van Zandt has a kid that's 20 right now <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah. 20 or 30s that could probably look 20 if you shave mm-hmm. him. Um, yeah, and, and I think you got something good here, man. Because we haven't had a, a great mo- a modern crime epic probably since American Gangster. No, I mean, well, you had the Irishman. But that was a little bit too. It was, I wouldn't say I wouldn't that's say great. I would, yeah, I wouldn't say great, fantastic. We're overdue for one, and this could have been it. Yeah, American Gangster. American Gangster, 2006. Yeah. So, I mean, and then to to wrap things up, I guess, what would you, we spoke about a potential uh, sequel, but what would you like to come next from Tony Soprano, from the Sopranos universe? Um, this, I will say, this did open up the Sopranos verse. It did. It didn't exist before this. Um, I mean, besides Dickie, there's not really another character that I'd love to, like, explore. Yeah. So, I, th- I think a sequel to this movie... Um, Starring Michael Gandolfini as young Tony Soprano and let him come up and, you know, not be the boss. I would love to meet Jackie April too. Because yeah. I want to see, like, you know, he was so respected in the first couple episodes. Like, how did we get to that? I want to see a young Jackie April. Yeah. I think he's I think he's in a scene for, like, a really super split Probably. Second. Artie's in a scene. We see, he's, yeah. like, talking about it. He's like, oh, my dad wants me to take over the restaurant. Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, was that who Tony was fighting with when he's like, yo, jerk off? I don't know. I don't know who that, kid, that is. kid. I don't know. And also, like, that was one of the that was one of the scenes, and I didn't really like because I was like, "It's your friend. Like, why? If he's calling you jerk off, like, I'm sure this is not his first. I don't think that was off. his friend though. I think it was just some, some kid guy. he used to hang out with, or maybe Carmela was hanging out with him. I did like that Carmela. Yeah, she I, sounded like Carmela. She, yeah, yeah, she she was great, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I wanted to like I, this needed to be a mini series. I mm-hmm. wanted to see more. Yeah, because you could cut between the mob shit, and then you could just have Tony coming up. And it be its own story. Yeah. And then at some point, like, you have Dickie come in and, like, inject himself in a Tony story. And Tony inject himself in a Dickie story. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a way that this all works. Um, Oh, there was one moment that I wanted to uh, talk about that I really did like. I love that scene between Tony and his mother. At the kitchen table where it starts off, where it starts off loving. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, da-da-da. And then he talks about... And then he's like, hey, I think you should take these pills or whatever. And she's like, oh, poor you. Duh. And they start fighting. And he's like, ma, I didn't even say anything. Yeah. It's like, oh, you ever, you think it? that was pristine. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's when I knew like this movie, there's, there's a fantastic movie in it. Somewhere. We need more of that. And we can with a Tony Soprano sequel. We can. We can. More John Berthold. Definitely more John Berthold. So, yeah. Definitely more John Berthold. Um, who was my favorite character in this in, in this movie? Okay. Let's say. Um, next to next Dickie. to Dickie, next yeah. to Dickie. Um, and I, I like I like Harold too. Me too. Um, I'm glad he didn't die. I don't I want, want to see what him. happens. To yeah, him. I, I didn't want to see him die. I knew that. No, I didn't either. But and that was and see that's what I'm saying. Like you had to make it like 
You can't kill the only black character either. No, you can't. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, uh, David Chase showed no qualms about it in the series, but yeah. Um, and that, you know, that, and that—that's the makings of the makings of a varsity movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like having a movie with with two protagonists trying to kill each other that, and you don't want either of them to die, mm-hmm. which is great because that's rare. Um, but anyway, to, to wrap this up, yeah, I think a soprano. I think a soprano's movie, a second sequel. Um, I, I think we. I think that whatever they do next needs to be a miniseries. I think you have you. HBO will give him enough money to do whatever he wants. I would also be cool if they just left it alone too. That's I, what, I don't need it. Yeah, I don't need it. I didn't need this. After watching this, I. It was nice prior to, to it. I was like, I, I think we do need this. Yeah. After watching it. After watching it, yeah. I, I don't think we need it. Yeah, I agree. I didn't need it. Mm-hmm. Um, the Sopranos Legacy lives on its own. Um, to anyone that. Uh. Is thinking about watching this movie without watching The Sopranos. Don't bother. Don't bother. Seriously. Honestly, because to me, the best parts of it are when they're just winking and nodding at the audience. You won't appreciate it. Yeah, there's nothing to really appreciate. Because if you if you want to go watch a, a crime drama or a mob epic, I can give you a dozen of them. Yeah. Go watch Go watch uh, American Gangster. If you want to watch something Italian, go watch Casino. Go watch Goodfellas. Go watch Godfather. Go watch Godfather Part 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, Definitely watch Godfather Part 2. Yeah. Um, don't even watch Goodfellas. <laughs> don't do that. Um, shit, go watch The Wolf of Wall Street. It's a better yeah. mom movie than this. <laughs> it is. And it's not even about the mom. It is. It's a better John Bernthal. Mm-hmm. They do John Bernthal more credit. The Irishman's better than this. The, yeah, go watch Go watch The Irishman. Black Mass probably better than this, too. I gotta watch Black Mass again. I do have to watch that. G likes it, so. Yeah. Um, and so, so what would you, what would you give your score? I'm giving it a C. C? Yeah. Yeah. It's All not right. terrible, um, I, and I give it a C only because I watched the show. If I didn't watch the show, it'd probably be a D, D minus. Mm. Uh, yeah. Well, that's I kind of feel the opposite. Of, no, no, never mind. I was gonna say I feel like if I didn't watch the show, then I probably yeah. So I I agree. I would also give it a C. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I was just watching this in a vacuum, didn't know anything about it, I'd probably score it lower because hundred percent. You wouldn't know what's going on. Yeah, I wouldn't know what's going on. I wouldn't have any reason to care about these characters. And I you'd be like, why is this guy walking like that? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't, you wouldn't any, get it. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't have any reason to care about these characters mm-hmm. outside of the fact that I've spent so much time with them. Right. Um, in the future. Um, so yeah, I would definitely give this a C because you know it's it's not a terrible movie. Like I said, it's not incompetently made. It's not like these people, the people involved, sh- have no business making movies. Mm-hmm. It's it's just it's it's pacing, editing. It's it's they got the hardest aspects of making a film wrong, mm-hmm. which is fair because it's the hardest aspects, like the writing, the editing, and making sure that pace is right. Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's hard. It's the reason why they get paid millions and millions of dollars to do so because mm-hmm. we can't walk off the street and do it. Um, but yeah, man, this, this has been another episode of After Hours. Uh, if all goes right, we will be back with a No Time to Die review at some point in the future. I don't know when. Um, I'll very be, soon, very soon. Very, very soon. Sooner than later. Um, and then after that, we'll, we got Dune. Yeah. Um, and then... And, I, um, the Wes Anderson movie. Oh, uh, The Last Dispatch? Yes. The, I want, Fr- I do the French like Dispatch. The French Dispatch. Um, is that coming to streaming or is that straight? I'm theaters? going to the theaters to watch that. I'm okay. a big Wes Anderson. I've never watched the Wes Anderson movie in its entirety. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, man, straight to December, we got Spider-Man. Um, no Way Home. Oh, Eternals. Eternals, man. <laughs> Just gets right over there. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, we'll definitely be back because uh, I think our next episode, we're going to have to, if we don't do No Time to Die, or regular episode, we're going to have to speak on DC Fandom because we will have. The, yes. Sure, there's going to be a lot of big news coming yes. out of there. We'll get another trailer for Batman. Yeah, we're going to get another trailer for Batman. 
Um, so, so there's a lot coming down the pipeline. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned. And the street light's already off because this is after hours, man. So I'm Kai. It's your boy Ralphie. And we are signing off. Peace.